Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Last week, we started out with a new sermon series called Paper Planes, or From Paper Planes to Paradise. If you've missed last week, we spoke about our dreams, our plans, and our goals that we usually struggle to do and to accomplish. Ever been there? Got that New Year's resolution, that goal that you want to do, clean the garage, do this, plan that thing, read through the Bible, do all these things, and you never get to accomplish those things. And then if you struggle through this and you feel intimidated and I can't do this and I couldn't, and then you start looking at other people who actually do, this, do it. And it's like, oh, they're so amazing, they're so good. Look at their family and you look, they look like superheroes on Facebook and you feel intimidated. Come on, ever been there? Now, looking at all these things around us and the world around us is so successful and I'm not. Because we have been there. We feel intimidated because how do I do the big things so that I later can accomplish the big things. But like I said last week, it's not about the big things, but it's about the small little things that leads to the big accomplishments. It's all about the small little things that I do now. But some of us wait for the big things to do so that we can achieve the big things. Last week, I said, it's a small paper plane, and it can take you to paradise if you aim it in the right direction. And that's what we're speaking about in those next two, three weeks. Now, the small things that no one noticed leads to the big things that everyone is aiming for. What are you aiming for in your life? What big things do you want to accomplish in your life, in your work, in your family, in your marriage, in your relationships? What big things are you aiming for in your life? It is all about the small things you do now that will accomplish the big things in your life later on. So last week we ended with a challenge. Remember? And I said, go and pray and see God for one significant, small, little word. One word that can direct and focus you for the rest of the year, like strength or wisdom. Now, I know some, most of you, um, some of you wasn't, wasn't here last week, but let's see quickly. Who pinned down their word? Come on. One, two, three. Okay, great. That's awesome. Now, I know there's some of you that wasn't here this week, but for those of you here who was here last week and who didn't get to that, don't worry. I've got you. I've got a word for you. Your word is procrastination. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. But I want to encourage you to go and seek that word. Go and seek that one word that can focus and direct your year. Go and trust God to add scripture to that and say, Lord, if I need to be strengthened spiritually, then strengthen is my word, so I'm going to focus all my attention, all my, all my word time, all my prayer time, I'm going to focus it to that and, 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 and go and get it. It's not too late because we're going to aim everything towards the end of our series. So in the upcoming weeks, we're going to talk about three words. We're going to talk about our thoughts, we're going to talk about our words, and we're going to talk about our habits as individuals. It's very important. It's three very important things, three basic things, maybe small things, but, but very significant things. We need to realize that these three small words can accomplish huge things in your life. Huge things. You see, our thoughts becomes our words. Our words becomes actions we do, and the actions we do becomes habits in our lives, and our habits creates our destiny. And if you want to grow into a destiny where God hits the mark, you need to start with small things. Your thought leads to words, leads to actions, leads to habits, creates your destiny, 
And that's what we're going to focus on today. So today I want to talk about our thoughts. Last week we built a bit of an introduction. Today I want to talk about our thoughts. And our thoughts is important because what? It determines who you become. It becomes, determines who I become in life. If your thinking is stinking, <laughs> I don't know who always said that. I think it was Joyce Meyer or someone. If your thinking is stinking, then you have a problem. And our thoughts is very important because it determines our life. Look at what King Solomon said. It says, for as, we think in it, uh, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, King Solomon actually, what does he actually say here? He says the following, he says that our lives will always move into the direction of your strongest thought. In what direction is your life moving at the moment? In what direction is it moving? You see, your strongest thoughts in your life will direct your life. And that's why it's important to ask that question. In other words, if you think you can't, then you probably can't. You won't. And if you think you will be, life will be bad, then guess what? It probably will be. <laughs> if you think you have nothing to offer in life, then you probably won't make any difference. But on the other hand, if you think you can, guess what? Then you probably will be able to. And if you believe that God is for you and with you, you will sense His power and His presence. If you believe that there's opportunities out there, guess what? You will start seeing the opportunities out there. See, we need to realize that our thoughts in life matters. Every thought you take every day, you think about stuff, it actually matters. See, as a person thinks in his heart, so he or she will become. Our lives will move into the direction of what? The strongest thoughts. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? See, did you know that the scientists actually proven, I don't know how they prove these things, but they've proven that if every human being on earth can change their negative thoughts to positive thoughts, that it won't be long that then there will be no problem in life to solve anymore. <laughs> I don't know how they prove that, but it's quite interesting. If every negative thought starts changing into a positive one, we will have no problems. Because everybody will see it from a positive mindset. Now, if someone would come to you and have coffee with you, say, and say, and they would ask you the following question, said, how do you, how, how is your thought life looking? What would you answer? It's, it's a good question, isn't it? How do you think in life about stuff around you? Have you ever thought about what you think about? It's a, it's a stupid question, but it's, a, it's quite a, a defining question. Have you ever thought about what you think about? Now, if you are there and you think, so I, I don't know, let's think about this past week, just this past week. And I want to do a quick, a quick test. Is it okay? I know you're in church and we never do these things, but today you're going to write a test in church. And it's not going to be on paper. It's just going to be, you're going to think and you're going to calculate. And we're going to do a quick thought test. Are you ready for it? So you've got three lines, three questions. And the question is going to be either, either a, a, a 1 to a 10 value that you're going to pick and remember. And you're going to calculate those things. And, and I'm going to prove something to you today. Are you ready? So number one, we're going to look at you either worried or you peaceful. So this week, you were either worried or peaceful. So maybe this week, you worried about your children. Maybe you worried about your money or your health. Or maybe you worried about your job. 
Maybe you're worried about your future. Maybe you're worried about the cat that's gone and you're worried, I hope he doesn't come back. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> what were you worried about? Maybe you were worried about stuff this week. Or maybe you were on the other end. Maybe you were secured in God's promise in your life. No matter what happens, I'm fine. I mean, I know God has this. I know that if I trust in Him fully, He has got me all through everything in my life. I've got the full peace of God. Maybe you're on that side. So pick one of those numbers and then just write it down in your head. Then let's look at the, ne the next question. You either, was this week you were negative or you were positive. Okay? So this week, maybe <coughs> you were negative, you were critical of people. Man, I can't believe they did this again. I can't believe this taxi rode in front of me again. Oh my goodness. And and you were either negative, maybe you were fault-finding when you meet, met your friends. Maybe you're always unhappy. Every morning you wake up and you're just unhappy and you don't know what to do. And Maybe the kids can never do something right. Maybe you were there that this week. Or maybe you just see the positive. You believe the best in people. You believe life is good. You believe, man, you're just optimistic about the future. I look at the, at the, the politics and I was like, okay, I'm just optimistic. Everything is, is amazing. So maybe, just, maybe you're on the, on the positive side, so pick a number. Remember now, remember the first one and remember the second one. And let's look at the third one. You're either worldly in your thinking or you are thinking about eternal stuff. Either one or two of those things. Maybe you, man, your mind is consumed with yourself. What I can assume and what I need and whew, what I can do to have a good week. And, and maybe you, um, <coughs> material possessions is all you think about. <laughs> maybe you just want to be liked by people. What can I do just let people like me? Or maybe you focus on the eternal end of things and you can say, man, how can I help others to make a difference? How can I help others to make a difference? How can I give a blessing to someone today? Or how can I reach more people with the good news? How can I think more eternal? And maybe you've got a value in that, in that area. Have you calculated it? Have you thought about it? Now, if you've looked at this test and you think about what you've chosen and how your week's thinking was, I've got news for you. If you haven't circled a 10, a 10, and a 10, then this is the message for you today. <clears throat> this is your message. Why? Because our thought determines who we become. Because our life moves in the direction of your strongest thought. And as a person thinks in his heart, so they become. So our thoughts need to direct us. And, and I know I'm quite strict on this, but don't worry. I'm just making a point. See, if we are consumed with worldly, negative, or worried thoughts, it means that we are moving into that direction. And what direction are you moving to in your life? And we need to realize, like, Lord, man, I can't move in this direction. I need to move in that direction. We need to change directions. We need that heavenly, godly GPS to help us move back. But if you're consumed with peaceful, positive, or godly thoughts, you are moving in a good direction. Now, let's be honest. Most of us can say, man, I didn't circle 10, 10, 10 any because of my culture and the world around me. Because of the friends that surround me and, that, and, and because of that stuff that's around me, it has driven me towards this side of the scale. 
I couldn't help the taxi drove in front of me when I drove. I mean, I was in peace when I woke up. I had my coffee, man. I was singing worship songs. And suddenly this happened and I was just mad. And suddenly I was thinking negative thoughts. I walk into the, to the office and I was mad at this. And I mean, everything just went haywire. It's because of the culture and the stuff around us. Maybe you feel like that. <laughs> See, there's so many things that steer or manipulate us to be negative, to be angry, to be worried every day. Come on. All of us. But the culture and the world around us today decides for us what to think and what not to think. Have you, have you realized that? They do. See, this is not just the issue for our generation is facing. Look what Paul said. We think, oh, this is just 2022. No, no, look at Paul said in Romans 12 verse 2. He said, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. So if you're talking about this world, it means that the world around them wasn't A-OK. It wasn't quite Ayoba. It says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I know it's old scripture, but, but look at it from Paul's perspective. We think, oh, it is different. The world is different from biblical times. No, no, but Paul spoke about it. There was a culture that they had to choose from. Either this side, stinking thinking, or godly eternal thinking. And Paul said, change the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So if, we, so if you are like me, you probably would be asking already um, and would be thinking already, but Henny, how do I change my thoughts? Because we are in this. We are surrounded by stupid stuff that shift our thinking daily. How do I change my thoughts? Now the good news is that we know that the Word of God helps us to renew our mind daily. That, that's a good thing to know. So I, I want to look at two def defining scriptures. I want to look at two defining scriptures this morning and I, and I don't want to build it around just two points. Just two points, two defining scriptures. And if you take that at heart and you meditate on that things, it can help you steer to a place where we define our thoughts more eternal. Now, number one that I want to look at today is to capture, capture destructive thoughts. Yes, you can capture destructive thoughts in life. See, if, if we as believers are struggling with worrying thoughts, Maybe you're struggling with negative thoughts. Maybe you are struggling with worldly thoughts in your, in your heart and in your life. We need to learn how to capture those thoughts. We, we need to. You need to realize, ooh, this is a bad thought. Cancel. See, in today's culture of social media, news, TV, we get so easily manipulated into stuff. You are, this is what we need to believe. This is what you need to think. It gives you a pattern, pattern of thinking in your life. And the world tells us what's right and what's wrong. Just think about the gender-based issues. Oh, I don't want to open a can of worms here, but let's just be honest. Our kids need to face stuff in this life that, I mean, I couldn't think about facing stupid stuff like that 20 years ago. Now our kids are told, this is right and this is wrong, and she comes home, and I realize, but whew, that's not godly. And I need to sit them down and say, okay, let's look at what God says in the Bible. You see, our kids today, our youth today, us today are being forced and manipulated to decide and to think about stuff 
that is not really godly. Now, luckily, we can look at Scripture. We do not have to wonder about what is right or wrong. If you are a Christian, then you realize that the Word of God is the final authority. That's why Paul, that's why it's so important to know the Word. That's why Paul said, know the Word. It's important to know the Word so that we can recognize destructive thinking in our lives and, that, and so that we can lead ourselves, but not just lead ourselves, lead our families. Maybe you need to lead your staff at work and, and, and I need a solid base thing that, that says, this is the Word of God and this is how the thinking is going to be here. This is how we're going to de- determine our values in life. Now Paul again taught us how to do it. Again, Paul. Paul was an awesome guy. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 4. He says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. I love that. Uh, (laughs) See, the reason why Paul wrote this was because the Corinthian church was believing stupid stuff. They were believing things because of the culture around them. And, and, and through that, it was destroying their view of God. And Paul said, man, remember, you need to remember that this is not a human war you're facing. This is a spiritual war you're fighting. And, and our thinking in our lives is a spiritual fighting thing. The enemy wants you to believe that you are not good enough. But Paul gives us great news. Man, I mean, the Bible is full of great news, isn't it? He gives us great news and he says, man, you are not fighting with human weapons. Just remember that. You are fighting with the power of God. You have something supernatural in your hand that says that you don't have to think about stupid stuff. You can think powerful, powerful thoughts in your life. Now, if you look at the two words, power and strongholds, the word power comes from the Greek word dunamis. And dunamis, we get our word dynamite from. It is explosive. So Paul says, he says, we need to know that we have explosive power to demolish strongholds in our lives. Not just, oh, you're powerful. Look at that bicep. That's so cool. No, no. You've got explosive power. It is supernatural power that you have in your hand. It is not just a human little weapon. This is a powerful spiritual weapon that God has given you that you can demolish strongholds. So if you look at the word stronghold, the Greek word for that is okuroma. Okuroma. It's the best Greek I can do. <laughs> but it means, it means that to be a prisoner locked up because of deception. That's what stronghold means in Greek. To be a prisoner locked up because of deception. <laughs> think about it. He says, in other words, if you think of a castle with a dungeon, way under, dark, that's where destructive thinking can lock us up. In a dark place. Now, if you remember, the, the Satan is called the father of lies. And that's what the enemy's plan is, to bring us to a place where we believe the lies of ourselves and the world we're in. He just wants you to believe that lie, man. He just wants you to believe that you're not good enough. You can't do this. You'll never account to that. You'll never reach that goal. You'll never, never, never. That's what the enemy wants you to think about yourself. And if we believe that lies, guess what? We are walking a slippery slope of destruction 
Because that's the enemy's plan. Man, the enemy hates you. He hates me. If you have God in your life, if you are born again, it is his sole purpose to destroy you. He wants you to struggle with mental health issues. He wants you to struggle with health issues. He wants you to, I mean, the enemy don't like us. That's why there's a war being fought in the spirit. And the enemy wants to keep us as far from the truth as possible. Why? Because the truth will set us free. And he doesn't want us free. He wants us bound up in a dungeon of a stronghold so that we can't do what God has called us to do. Look at verse 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. Look at verse 5. It says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Isn't that amazing? We can capture every thought that is destructive in our lives. We need to. So when destructive thought comes our way, which is probably many times a day, if, you, if we were living in this world like we we're living in now, it comes our way many times a day. What do we do with it? What do we do with the destructive word or destructive thinking? We take it and we capture it and then we make it obedient to the truth. So what we say is like, Somebody comes off, you get the idea or the thought that says, oh man, you, you, you won't get that job done, or you can't do this, or your friends want you to go and do this, or speak there, it's like, oh, I can't do that. That's destructive thinking. And then what you're just like, no, 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 whoa, that's not true. Let's look at the truth. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's in Christ, the hope of Lord, Christ in me. I mean, there's so many things. So we need to learn how to discern between the truth and the lies. We need to. We need to discern. I, I pray a lot. Say, Lord, help me to discern if this is a truth or this is a lie. Because the enemy comes with a lie and sometimes with a lollipop, not with castor oil. <laughs> he wants you to believe that lie. So why? that's exactly why I love the prophetic. And let me explain to you why. I love the prophetic. So many times we see people crying when they receive prophetic words. We've all been in prophetic meetings or sessions and they receive a prophetic word and they start crying. Why? Because most of us struggle in our lives through some insecurities, things we deem ourselves not good at. That we feel that we're failing at so many things in our lives. We, we can't do this in sport. We can't sing and we can't write and we're not clever and we're not this. And then suddenly a prophetic word comes, which is a godly encouragement into your life. And guess what? God tells you the truth of how he sees you, of how he thinks about you, how he created you for or what he created you for. And then the encouragement comes in. And guess what? Insecurity and discouragement go. It leaves. And that's why I love the prophetic, because it tells you the truth. And it comes against the, the lies of the enemy. It tells you who you are. It tells us who we are. You see, the enemy does not want us to believe all those encouragement things about ourselves. He doesn't want you to believe you're good. You can do this. You can accomplish this. He doesn't want you to do that or believe that. You want to keep us in the dungeon of unbelief and insecurity. They want to keep you there. But when prophecy comes, the truth flows. And guess what? You are set free. But did you know that every time you pick up the word, 
or start reading the promises of God, it is like a prophecy from God unto you. It is for us. You don't have to wait for the mighty prophet to arrive from wherever and to come and stand in line and get your prophetic word. You can just pick up the Bible. You can pick up the word and start reading about yourself and see, oh, well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, goodness, I am an overcomer because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. You can read those words and it can free you. And sometimes you read it and you don't believe it. Don't worry, just read it until you believe it, until it changes your thinking. So in, so in our everyday life, we take the thoughts that, that are untrue we, we, we start to realize the more you read your Bible, the more you grow in Christ, the more you have godly friends around you, you start realizing the untrue stuff that the enemy comes with. And then we capture them and we make it obedient to Christ. That means that we throw the word at it. I take scripture and I memorize scripture. And when a stuff comes in, so, so when I went to burnout and a lot of years ago, I mean, I struggled with anxiety, and sometimes all of us struggle through anxiety, but when that anxiety stuff comes, I know it's a spiritual thing because the Word says the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I see, um, what's 2 Timothy 1 verse 7? Um, oh, my goodness, now I'm, I'm falling over my own words. Oh, yeah, it, it is, it's a spirit of fear, but it's a spirit still. So if you decide to partner with the Spirit or not, I see, okay, there's a fear coming. Why am I fearful in this? Okay, this is a spiritual thing, so I'm not going to partner with the Spirit, but I'm going to speak the truth over it that says He has given me love, power, and sound mind. <laughs> you see, I, I discern between the two stuff. And when I discern right, I can step into the, the, world, the spiritual stuff that said, Lord, I am called to be an overcomer. See, we capture, capture these destructive thinkings in our lives and we kick the enemy out of the door, making our thoughts obedient to Christ. That's what Paul meant. Second point that I want to speak about this morning is to fix our thoughts on spiritual things. To fix your thoughts on spiritual things. See, <laughs> after we capture the destructive thoughts, we turn and fix our thoughts on spiritual things. You can't just capture it if I'm talking capture, you realize, ooh, destructive thoughts. Now, what do I do with it? Now, I tuck it and I think on spiritual things. Now, before you think I'm sounding very spiritual, let me explain to you. See, we focus on the eternal, the positive, and the peace of God in every situation. That's what we do. If you look at a challenge at work, do you, look at, do you think about the negative, the worldly, or do you think about the peace of God, the positiveness of, and the eternal value of this moment, what God wants to do in people's lives? And from that aspect, you look at it from a different perspective, and God starts changing your perspective. Now, Paul, again, was in prison. We all know that. He was a couple of times in prison, but he was in prison, and when he was in prison, he wrote Philippians. Philippians 4, verse 8 to nine it says for you thought sorry for your fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable this is a guy who sat in jail how many of you have been in jail before no 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 don't don't raise your hands <laughs> i'm just joking if you were ever in jail before then you don't write and Woo, man fix your thoughts on lack of things just think about the right stuff and the pure stuff and the lovely stuff. Ooh, it's so nice. No, no, he was in jail. He was in chains. 
it wasn't a picnic. Okay, he wasn't served a three-course meal. He was in jail, and he wrote this, fix your thoughts on all these amazing things. Then he says, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Powerful scripture. So Paul said, we capture the lies and we focus our thoughts on that which is true. We focus our thoughts on spiritual things. It's so important, isn't it? Now remember, our lives will always move into the direction of our strongest thoughts. So let's ask, in what direction is your life moving at the moment? In what direction is your life moving? Now remember, uh, let me illustrate this to you. I remember when I was my first, second, and third year at university, and I was always a good athlete, good runner, always average. But I was, I was there. I was training. I was working hard. But in my first year, things didn't go too great. <laughs> from, from matric to first year, my performance levels went a bit down. But I was training, and I was in this group. You remember last week I said I was in this highly performing 400 hurdle group. Uh, I was a 400 hurdler, and and the top five, the one, two, three, four, five guys in the country ranked, and uh, the first five ranked 400 hurdlers were in the group that I was training with, and so it was tough. I was struggling, and I was going worse and worse and worse. But every end of the season, my parents would come to me and say, just try one more season. I wanted to quit. I was like, man, this is a waste of time. I'm struggling. I'm way at the end. I'm not performing. I'm not doing well. And yet I'm suffering every afternoon for what? And they would tell, just, just keep on one more season. Just one more season. And if you don't do well or didn't do, beat your personal best, then just quit. We'll, we'll, we'll bless you and support you. <laughs> and then during that time where I committed because they asked me, you know what they did? They pumped me with the truth. Just pumped me with the truth. They said, man, you're such a good runner. I come home. I was like, oh man, you such a good runner. And my dad was at the track every day because he was also a coach, middle distance coach. And, and he would say, man, I saw your training. You did well today. Well done. I looked at him and I was like, dad, did you watch the same? Were you at the same track that I was? I was way at the back. He said, yeah, but you were running stronger than yesterday. And my mom would come and say, man, you are so privileged to be talented like this, to do what you do. I was like, I mean, in the beginning, I was like, where are my parents? What are they eating? I mean, it's like, did they watch the same movie I'm watching? You see, the destructive thinking was captured and replaced with truth. It was replaced with truth. And, and so every season, I did better, just a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I made a commitment. If I do better, I'll just continue. So I, do be, I was like, okay. And I continue one more season and one more season until I started realizing that, wow, I mean, what my parents are doing is quite amazing. So I started taking scripture and I started confessing that over myself in my devotional time. Just small little things. Half of it I didn't really believe because I just did it because I was religious and I just did it. <laughs> until I started taking that scripture, I came to my fourth year at university. And in the middle of the season, I broke 50 seconds. 
a 50-second barrier for a little is quite big. I mean, running under, it's quite massive. That's what you aim for, and suddenly it's like, what happened? I, did, I mean, it's like, how did this happen? But it happened. And, I, and immediately in that moment, I started understanding the power of the truth in my life, that, that God has given me real talent. <laughs> he has given me talent to do something. It's not just, I'm just doing this because I, no, no, I realized it for the first time. Then I took, I remember that next day I was like, whew, I'm actually ranked under the top 100 in the world. This is amazing. I took a big white paper and I wrote a time on there with the scripture underneath and the time was the qualification time for Olympic Games. And I realized, I'm way off, but I'm going to put it on here and I'm going to walk into my room every day and I'm going to look at it and I say, I can do that. Just a normal science, uh, sports psychology method. But I wrote scripture on it that, that says, that's why I can do it. That's why I can do this. So every day I would come from training, from class, toxic thinking all around me, and I was down, and, and I mean, I was struggling. But then I walked into my room, and I saw that, and I captured that thought immediately, and I thick, fixed my thoughts on the goal and the scripture and the, the word that God has called me to do. That's why I can do that. That's why I can do that. Then coming to my fifth year, that was fourth year, coming into my fifth year, and it was Olympic year. I was doing my honors degree, and yes, I still studied. It was Olympic year, and I needed to qualify. This is now, the goal is getting real. <laughs> so I started the year out, first three meetings. I went from ranked under the top 100 in the world, which when somebody usually tells you they ranked top 100 in the world, they're either 99 or 100. Okay, so, so I was ranked under the top 100 in the world, and, uh, and in the first three races of that season, 2000, I went from top 100 to top 30. Incredible. I mean, my coach even looked at me, it's like, I've never had an athlete who went so quick from here to there. I mean, it's incredible. And I went, and, and I was literally a point three seconds from the Olympic qualifying off, off. And my coach and I looked at each other and we realized next race probably will happen. Yeah, it's coming. And, and <laughs> the pressure was on. And, and I was stressed up. I mean, who wouldn't be? You've been working for all this thing for years and years. And suddenly it's happening. And that next race was in my hometown, in Potter's Roman. It was in our hometown. The town was buzzing. The papers was writing. The people were spe speaking. And I was stressed, <laughs> super stressed. But when all this happened and went on, I kept on capturing destructive thoughts. And you know what? I replaced it with truth. That said, Lord, I don't have a spirit of fear. I've got love, power, and sound mind. Lord, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm not looking at the external. Lord, I'm doing this for you. And I started proclaiming and confessing this over my life, over my life. You know what I did? I aligned my thinking with positive praying. I aligned my thinking by confessing the word over my life, confirming the calling of God over my life, because Christ in me is the hope of glory. I just continue doing that. And all that stress and anxiety and stuff that came with that, it's like, will I do it? Everybody asked me a track. Are you going to do it? I mean, it's just overwhelming. And that night when I was standing in front of the starting blocks, um, 
I was facing the best runner in South Africa at that moment. He was top five in the world. And um, it was a packed stadium. TV cameras focusing on the local boy. The guy who's up and running. The, the SA, the champ, that, that time it was his first meeting of the year. So who's going to win who? I mean, they just rallied us up. And I was standing there. And without thinking, I started praying aloud. I started bubbling over with confession, praying in tongues. I mean, it was just incredible. In that moment, I was standing in front of my box. I mean, music were playing, the announcers were, I was there, and immediately these started bubbling over in me. And guess what? There was zero destructive thoughts in that moment. Zero. My thoughts were fixed on spiritual things. It was a tough moment. It's like running up for a Springbok game, knowing that you're stressed. I don't want to make a mistake. This the same kind of thing. And suddenly there were zero destructive thoughts because my mind was focused on what God has called me to do. So I qualified for the Olympic Games. That night, I beat the champ. <laughs> and I became number one in the world for one week. <laughs> one week. Which because South Africa is the only country who runs before the rest of the world starts running. <laughs> but anyway, that might have been, I mean, that moment changed my life. But my thinking started three years before. It might be a moment like, who you thinking was? No, no, it started three years ago already. Three years ago, my, my thinking started aligning on spiritual things rather than destructive thinking. You see, that might have been a victory in sport, but the victory in the spirit was that really changed my life. That really changed my life. Because I saw the power, the dunamis power of God in my life to demolish strongholds in that moment. And maybe it's insignificant for you, but for me it was a significant moment in my life. Knowing that it was probably the, only, the first fight of a many. You see, I saw the power of God when you take the truth and you apply it in your life. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to apply the truth to some things in your life. You need to align some thinkings this morning that you know that, Henny, I realized this morning that my thinking is destructive. I'm trusting God for this, but my thinking is destroying my faith. And I need to align some stuff this morning in my life. I read this quote this morning, by Bill, uh, uh, not this morning, this week. Um, I shared it very quickly at the men's group. But I, I, I read this quote by Bill Johnson that really challenged me to my core. And I want to read this to you because it sums up so much what I'm talking about this morning. He says the following. He says, Jesus became a man and, throughout, uh, and thoroughly beat the devil through his death and resurrection in our place. His victory became our victory. So now in his name, we have the right and the responsibility to trample the powers of darkness and put on display the beauty of God's original plan. So what's that plan? Is to defeat the powers of darkness by living in his image. But now listen to this. There's a problem. He says, but the problem lies in our tendency to live aware of what the devil has done or is doing, and then we react to it. And then he says, Jesus, on the other hand, lived in response to the Father. He set the pattern that we can and must follow. And I saw that and I realized how much many of us live reactive 
to the world around us. I just react. When God has called us, and Jesus modeled it for us, that we need to live proactive. We need to live proactive. When I open my Bible in the mornings, when I pray, when I do things, when I go to men's group, women's group, church, whatever you do, we are proactively thinking and growing our lives so that when the pauper is the fan, that we are strong in the Lord. We cannot be overcome by the culture around us because we are strong in the Lord. I don't want to be aware of what the devil does. I want, to, I want to see what he does and know and recognize it, but I want to respond to what God has done. I want to be more aware of what God has done in my life and is doing in my life and has done than being aware of what the enemy tries to do. See, when Jesus was tempted in the desert for 40 days after he was baptized, what did he do? He captures, captured destructive thoughts, the negative, the worldly thinking of the enemy, and then what did he do? He spoke the word of truth. And then he aligned it to his thinking. He, he aligned his thinking to it. I remember a, a couple of reasons I'm, I'm landing with this. A couple of months ago, I spoke about a topic called mindset. Remember, I don't know how many of you remember that. And I spoke about the difference between a hummingbird and a vulture. What does a vulture do? It eats rotten meat. So what, what does a vulture crave? Whatever he eats. He craves rotten, dead things because he eats it. But a hummingbird eats sweet things. And because he eats the sweet things, he craves the sweet things and the nectar of, of what he eats every day. It's the same with us as Christians. What you eat and feed yourself with, you will crave. If you feed yourself with toxic thinking, you will do the toxic stuff. So your life will flow and move into the direction of the strongest thought, into the stuff that you think about daily in your life. I want to close with this today. And I, Last week we, I challenged you to pray and see God for one small word. One small word that, that, will, that will direct the rest of your year and to add a scripture to that and to help you and say, Lord, this is the next four months until Christmas. I'm going to focus on this and I'm going to add the scripture to it. And I'm going to trust you for a change in my life. But today I want to challenge you again and I want to motivate you again to pray and see God for one thought or one revelation and then meditate on that for this week. Just one thought and one revelation. Go and pray about it. Maybe that, what I just shared about Bill, that's something I meditate on, and I think about this for the last two weeks. I was like, Lord, what am I aware of? And it became my one word. And, and so, so trust God for one thought, that I'm good enough. That's a thought. I can do that, whatever I put my mind to. And how is your mind? Godly? worldly you see meditate on that thought and as you meditate on that thought god's going to do something amazing small things have big outcomes small paper planes can take us to our destiny can take us to paradise if we just aim it in the right direction but see we're waiting for the big bird to come to take us to paradise when god says the small things can make the difference what is the small things that you need to put in place this next four months so that God can do something incredible in your life before the end of this year? Can we stand? I want to pray with you.
Father, we thank you this morning that, that you are so involved in our lives, Father. Lord, you are so involved in our lives. No matter what we go through, what we do, what we trust you, what challenges we have to face, Lord, you are involved in our lives no matter the things that we face. And that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, Father. You never change. Your love never changes. And Father, I pray this morning that, that you will free us from the guilt and the stuff and the, and the, the toxic thinking in our lives that, that pushes us down from the place where we ought to be. Father, you like, you like the daddy who see his son discouraged. And you go and sit next to him and put your hand on his shoulder and you start encouraging him, telling him who he is, telling him the talents and the gifts that he has received and, and that he can accomplish everything that he puts his mind to. And Father, I pray that this morning that you will pick our hearts up, that you pick our minds up, that you will pick our, our discouragement up and change it to a place of encouragement. That the negative will change to positive that the worldly will change to eternal, that the worry will change to peace. And Father, that we don't have to look at the world and think we can't make this. But we can look at the Word and say, I'm destined for that. So if you're here this morning and you feel that God is speaking to you, don't miss this moment. Maybe you want to just put your hand on your heart and just say, Father, I'm here. I need this to change in my life. I need my thinking to shift to a place we, 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 you, to a place what you think about me. Holy Spirit, I pray that you touch our hearts this morning. That we will not run and react to what the world and the enemy tries to do, but we will respond to what Jesus has done for us. That we will respond to the grace that He has given us, that we don't have to perform or do things to get more about You, Lord, but we can just encounter You. We can just seek You with all our hearts, Father. So that Your love can overflow in our hearts and to our lives. Lord, we love You. Lord, and I pray that You touch all of us this morning. Lord, may this week be a phenomenal, defining week for each and every one of us. May we see more about you. May we see you come through in every circumstance in our lives. And Lord, will you protect our thoughts this week? Holy Spirit, will you come and help us to capture every negative thinking, every negative thing in our lives and, and, and steer us away from that and and point us in the direction of the eternal. Lord, help us to, to build this paper plane so that we will see paradise through you. And it might be small for us, but it has a big, big destiny to accomplish big things in our lives. Thank you for picking us up this week, Lord. Changing our emotions. 
and help us to see the truth. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.